Hey guys, welcome to the podcast where I share my journey writing my first novel. I am a small business owner and entrepreneur living on the coast of Maine with my cat and my husband. And today I am sitting on a rock down by the water and it was really nice earlier today and the wind has picked up a little bit so I don't know how long I'll last down here but I was hoping to give you some nice soothing water sounds and not wind sounds. We'll see if I have to move. So today I wanted to talk about a book that I started reading. Um, I'm basically a walking, talking advertisement for StoryGrid because I'm like so in tune with what they're doing right now and really on board with the methodology. So I received a PDF copy of a book that they're publishing in June and they're sending it out to readers to review ahead of the publishing date, which I think is pretty cool. Um, As we all know, many books um, take off because of word of mouth. So I am a fan of the approach. Um, I don't know how I feel about giving the PDF just because people will have that on their computers now. And they could probably just continue to share it for free. So I don't know what that does. I feel like that might mess things up a little bit. Um, But anyways, I started reading it. And I'm actually starting to read two different books. And it's been a long time since I've consistently read things. I haven't really read books in years. Which is quite unfortunate. And I know that that needs to change as I become a writer. (laughs) Because reading is an integral part of being an author. You have to know your craft. You have to study it. You have to immerse yourself in other people's work in order for you to push yourself and to succeed. So I mentioned this other book because... The other book isn't drawing me in. I feel like there's a little bit too much telling going on. So I'm more drawn to the massive, like, epic tale that is the Sand Sea that the Story Grid is publishing. Um, It's massive, I will warn you. The pages seem kind of small, though, so I think it'll go by quicker than it looks. Um, So it's drawing me in more than the other one. And the reason why is because the writing is very fresh. And again, I haven't been reading in a long time, so and I have a bad memory. I can't recall any book that might have been written in a similar style to this. But as of right now, it's the only book that I've read that draws you into the character's world as efficiently and immersively as it does. So that's what I love about this book right now. And I'm also mentioning it because I will get stuck in my writing or feel bogged down and not want to continue because it gets really, I would almost say mucky when you're just like slogging through it. So Um, The past couple days I've taken a pause to read a few either paragraphs or like try to read the whole chapter 
of this book for inspiration and just for fun. And what it has really encouraged me to do with my own writing is draw out each moment because it is so immersive. It, it really puts you into the shoes of this character. There's three so far that I'm aware of. Um, but that, that's why I read a book. I read a book to be drawn into another world. Um, I do glaze over more politicky things, so like the plot line hasn't like fully immersed me into the world yet because there are some politicky things that I just that's not my kind of thing. It took me several episodes to get into the Game of Thrones. Um, just that stuff isn't usually what I'm drawn to. But anyways, the writing is so immersive. And basically, I guess what I'm doing is recommending the book. I have barely started it. I don't know if it's any good. I'm sure it's great, and I'm sure it's a really well-constructed book. Um, I will actually include a link for you in the episode description that is approved by StoryGrid. I think that they're trying to share it with everyone. So I will include that so you can take a look at it if you want as well. Hopefully you can get inspired by it as I have. And as I alternate between my reading and my writing, I am encouraged to practice different ways of writing my book, I guess. Um, the scene that I was working on was more appropriate for this, but I was seeing how kind of drawn out some of the scenes are in this in this book that I'm reading and how immersive they are and I thought to kind of immerse readers a little more into my own writing for example I was working on this scene where basically the main character jumps off a cliff into water and he really doesn't want to um, and initially it was probably about three sentences and after becoming inspired by this other book I drew it out into maybe two or three paragraphs and some dialogue that I was really proud of um, and I think that it pulls the reader in more it grounds them perhaps so I definitely encourage you to find inspiration in other books I also wanted to briefly mention this other resource that I came across. Um, again, my mother-in-law sent me this. So she has been an incredible resource and I'm happy to pass on everything that I found helpful from her and maybe one day I'll get her on the podcast. Um, but she sent me some YouTube videos that were basically this sci-fi or not sci-fi but he was a fantasy writer and he became published I again do not read much I'm sure maybe some of you might have heard of him I don't remember the name but he's basically teaching these college classes and the classes are specifically around writing sci-fi and fantasy so I find those helpful, although 
I will say that I'm I'm not sure I would understand the concepts behind them if I had not fully grasped the concepts already from StoryGrid. Um, because basically StoryGrid, it's such a mathematical structure. And I'm, I'm a very creative person, but there's just a part of my brain that's like all about precise, exact answers. So that's what I love about StoryGrid is that it like really gives you a mathematical map of how to write a novel. So anyways, I started listening to these YouTube lectures that are basically college-level classes, and I just pull up the YouTube app and then I go do my yard work or whatever and listen to it. There are quite a few. I haven't gotten through all of them. They're an hour long each, but I do find them helpful in that they reinforce the ideas that I've already been learning, and they also reinforce them from a perspective of sci-fi fantasy, mostly fantasy. He, he's very in the world of fantasy, um, but I suppose sci-fi is sort of the same. I, I'm wondering almost if sci-fi has a lot more leniency in terms of how you construct it and what you do with it, because from what I'm learning in StoryGrid, there's, StoryGrid's really based around a different kind of genre, and he doesn't discuss sci-fi too much, um, but the principles still apply regardless. But that might be interesting to look into in terms of sci-fi specific um, tropes, I guess. Um, things to look for in the sci-fi world. And I never really considered my book sci-fi for a long time. I didn't really want it to be. I was really into fantasy. You know, I read Harry Potter, I read Aragon, all of those books. Um, I'm really into the magic world, at least when I'm reading, because I really like to be drawn in. Um, and my idea for my book just kind of turned into this soft sci-fi world where... I don't know. I guess it it definitely became sci-fi. Anyways, that's that's unrelated. So I will provide that link as well in the episode description. Um, because I did say that this podcast, I would share, you know, resources that I found helpful. And I think that's really what today is going to be about is um, just a few tidbits of information that I've found helpful as I get into my groove, I guess. I've consistently been writing about between 800 and 1,000 words a day. Even though my goal is extremely ambitious, which is 2,000 words a day, I know that that goal won't even be realistic anymore once I start working again. And work is already slowly kind of coming around, so... I have found that I kind of stop at 800 to 1,000, and that's okay. And I've probably, I'm probably going to be very contradictory in my episodes. And I think writing is definitely a fluid journey. Um, One thing might apply one day and then not apply the next day. I know that I was ranting about just like writing as much crap as you can. (laughs) 
And some days that might be true and you might want to do that. And then some days, like for right now, I'm just happy writing the thousand words a day and not pushing myself beyond that, which is completely fine. And whatever works for you, works for you. The last thing I wanted to talk about today was something I actually recorded this morning on my walk. And it has to do with... um, non-binary characters. So I'm just going to piece that right in. If you're writing a book with somebody who is non-binary, this might be interesting to hear for you. Um, One of my characters who I thought might have to get removed from the book um, is no longer going to be removed from the book because... I kind of see this clear goal, motivation, path for this character. It's very, it's very underdeveloped, but it's beginning to develop. So this character has always been non-binary from the beginning of just writing them in. And... It's been interesting. So basically I sent this bit of my story to my aunt and she is an open-minded person. So that's not any part of an issue, but she was reading this story and she got really confused when it came to this character who I call Z. And their name is Zaletta, but they go by Z. And I just think Z is cool. Why not? Um, uh, Anyways, so my aunt thought that Z, because of the they, them pronouns I was using, was two people. She thought that Z was twins. That's where her mind went. Because of the they, them grammar. And I think that's really fascinating. Um, And it got me thinking down this rabbit hole of like, am I the one to add a non-binary character into my book? Like, is that my, I don't know, like, I think what I'm trying to say is like, I don't have that perspective in my own life really. So I just know people who are gender non-conforming and I wanted this character to be non-binary for representation And I wanted it to be a normal part of the society that is not, like, I don't dive into any of the details at all, like, because it doesn't matter. Like, I just want it to be a normal thing. So, yeah, it got me thinking down this rabbit hole of, like, whether or not I could be somebody who writes this character. So... I think as it moves along, I am going to get other opinions and perspectives from my gender non-conforming friends and kind of take in their feedback and incorporate that into the perspective of this character. But honestly, the fact that this person is non-binary is not their defining feature either. So 
And the fact that it's just a normal part of their life and this society, I don't think it should be highlighted in any way. So anyways, I was considering not having this character in the book anymore. And because of the fact that I'm like redoing some opening scenes for the main character, as well as incorporating the second character, basically I'm alternating their scenes. Um, somebody else, not the, not Z. Um, because of that, I was able to introduce Z in a new way, which was exciting for me um, that I started to do last night. And I was thinking about the grammar thing in a way that I could introduce the grammar in a way that this person cannot possibly be two people. <laughs> and hopefully that that makes it clearer for anyone who might get somewhat confused. And hopefully introducing this sort of grammar can um, also introduce people to this world of being non-conforming to gender. And I think that that's an important thing to do. And I'll get opinions on that. Um, and on the perspectives. But I think it's going to work out. And I think that representation is important. And that's what I always um, stand for when it comes to my own career slash line of work. Um, the only reason why I do what I do is for representation. Um, the fact that I'm redoing my beginning hook, basically, is opening up a lot of possibilities for the plot line. And while I am sticking to my guns when it comes to the main points of the story, the main turning points and the, you know, going from point A to point B, all of the littler beats that are in there are open to change. And I think that going back to the writing journey is very fluid. I think that it can be very important to be able to open your mind to letting go of things. Right now, um, I did actually get rid of a character, essentially, and it's not Z, it's actually the best friend of the protagonist, and he has not yet served a purpose, and I'm actually thinking about replacing him with Z completely, because there's only really one role that he had fulfilled in a scene that was like important, and I think I can replace that with Z. So... Each time I open my Scrivener app and look at it and get ready to write a scene, I consider multiple different options when it comes to where this scene is going and how it's going to play out. And I think being open-minded in that sense is really important to not be like clinging on to your ideas of, like, is this scene really important? Do I need to get from point A to point A, point two, <laughs> you know, like essentially everything is up in the air for me and I'm open to considering mixing any idea in order to make it a stronger progression of scenes and plot points. So that's a little tidbit for you. Um, each time I approach a scene and sit down to write, I am considering all angles, even if it consider, uh, even if it um, 
puts in jeopardy a scene that I already have written. Because if it's a stronger path, I've decided to take it. And because I've been working on this book for so long, and I was always stuck on it, um, it feels like I'm just starting in a way because I'm just now becoming aware of all of these different elements. So I have all the time in the world, you know, like I just started in, what was it? April, I guess I started at the end of April. So granted, I already had writing done. So whatever, whenever I finish this first draft, it's obviously not going to be only like two months or three months that was put into it. But still, like, I have to be open to, like, deleting characters and, you know, finding, asking why, why this is here. Why is this character here? Why is this scene the way it is? Why do they have to go here? You know, you have to ask those questions to make it as powerful as possible. And if you can't answer those questions, there might be a problem with the scene or the progression of events that you have or the character. So anyways, I might um, incorporate his best friend back into it. I might not. Right now, he serves no purpose. I, I do have a scene in the very beginning that I can change where the sister was like asking, where's Moff? Because he was supposed to be there at the, um, at the ceremony. And he wasn't. And so I'm like, why wasn't he at the ceremony? I don't know. I'm leaving that open. Um, I'm leaving it open for a reason that he was gone, which so far I don't have one. And if I never think of one, maybe I'll just delete that question completely and delete the character. Cause right now it just, I don't know. He sort of has like this crush on the, the second character and like it moves the storyline in a certain way. So I don't know how I would replace that dynamic in the book if I do delete him. But again, I haven't fully committed to getting rid of him or keeping him. So I'm just open to possibilities. And I think that's important when you're writing a book is being open. Thanks again for listening and joining me on this journey. I'll see you next time.